0: hello welcome back skaters uh we are here with a bonus episode of vent city we've got ted barrow kristen ebling ted schmitz uh we're back from sweden we had a lot of fun and we're feeling a little guilty so we want to give you a little extra content um so we did a solicitation for questions to do a little ask me anything um i guess a good place for us to start would be why is the show always so late Love nobody
1: said. Nobody said that. Yep.
2: Um,
0: Got
1: it.
2: F- send me their email. Yeah, Ted, you want to? Ha- f- you want to field that one?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's me. <laughs> uh, God damn, what a fucker! Uh, I think I can help so, answer that so, for you, Ted. Well, no. Should we? Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about the workflow or whatever? I mean, this one was because of pushing borders and because, because um, I was late on the edit.
2: But there's also yeah, the I mean, fact it that. Uh, we we all record this from different places around the country and we have crazy schedules and um and we're skateboarders and all full-time workers i think yeah
3: as skateboarders Um. we know no skateboarding event starts on time Ever <laughs> yeah. so, Truly. excuse us for being fucking true to this. <laughs> yeah, we welcome. go
0: by premier rules here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, um, I, so I I feel like the reality of it is that you know we wanted to to do this thing through Patreon, not rely on ads, and we actually just hit our hundredth supporter. I wish I knew who Wait, that person what? was right now. Wow. Yeah. No way. Amazing. Wow. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up really quick, but, uh, yeah. Uh, we're trying to do this thing user supported, and it's a lot of work for Ted Schmitz behind the scenes. He works a full time job as a valet, and, which everyone knows. And yeah, I mean, you know, as we transition into doing more of the shows, we're going to eventually, like, I don't know, Ted will have more time to, to, to devote to editing it. And, you know.
1: Yeah. And I, yeah, so I, I made mention of this on, on one of the shows, but basically, we record the episode, we talk for. Uh, an hour and a half to two and a half hours and then, definitely like you know. three hours time. Yeah. So we've gone three before And then I go through and I have to cut out all the pauses That's like the lag from the video feed because we're all on Wi-Fi, which takes me, you know Two and a half hours and me taking out every time somebody new talks. I have to take out the pause and then after I cut it put some music in and uh, Like do a little credits at the end then I send it to the cast everybody uh, except for Ted Barrow will send me some stuff to cut out. Um, you know, maybe there's some word stumbling or maybe there's just a piece they didn't want um, or that just, you know, whatever. Uh, and then I take those edits, I go back through, I cut them out um, on top of, you know, whatever, cleaning up the audio, leveling them. And uh, that takes me a couple hours. And because it's, it's audio, it's I got to go through and listen through the whole thing, you know? Um, and so it just takes, you know, 10 sometimes 20 or 30 hours to to do a show that has a lot of production to it um some of them have been only take me maybe five or six hours but episode eight took me legitimately that's 35 a, hours that's to a cut.
2: yeah that, that's like a week's worth of work you know a full-time job which is why i don't ever send you my edits because i just like want you to you know i don't want to <laughs> I'm, I'm like want to lessen your workload homie
1: well i I, I appreciate, the, I, I, I do appreciate that. I also appreciate the edits too though, cause it's like, I want to make the shows a little shorter, give conversation more flow. And, and so I don't want to be like, oh, okay. You know, I ramble on a lot, but if somebody else kind of goes on a long time, I don't want to be the one always to make that decision. So if somebody else is like, yeah, you could cut me out here, here, and here um, that, that helps me a lot. So
0: yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a pretty charitable view because like, you know, Ted's being nice. we. Kristen and I send him all sorts of edits from stupid shit that at least I say. I'm not gonna vouch for you, Kristen, but uh, <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. And so Ted makes it makes it nice. And uh if you want to be like Sean P. Doyle, who is the heartthrob Ven City <laughs> fan. Yeah. He is a good. heartthrob. We, we love do- you, Sean. Yeah, Doyle, Sean P. Doyle, I ju- I just I just checked the the relationship manager and Sean P. Doyle is in a relationship with us as a Pro Flow. Uh, Oh Patron subscriber. What? Yeah. That dude is
1: legitimately pro. Switch flip crook, Nolly Flip Nose Manual. That dude filmed a part in Copenhagen. Yeah, he's sick. Um yeah. yeah. Shout out to the to the workers, to the worker skaters. Um, thank you guys. Sean, you're the fucking sickest. Uh I tell one story real quick before we get derailed. Uh I, we met Sean at the conference. Uh, he's a software engineer in New York, and he has a kit similar to Ted, like s- similar build almost similar haircut. I saw him at a spot and I was like, oh, there's Ted. I was like, no, wait, that's the dude I met at the park. Saw him skate and I saw him do all four three flips like in a row. And I was like, "Like, you know, the Holy Grail, switch, nollie, fakie, whatever. Royal flush. And I was like, that guy's, pretty, that guy's uh, pretty good at skating. And then right before we got on a plane, ours was to JFK, so he was going back on our plane. And Ryan was like, I go. That guy's pretty good. Ryan goes. No, check his Instagram. That guy's really fucking good. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so, wait, I checked
2: it. Were you still confused as to whether this was me or not? <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: well, no. I, I met up with hey, you a second wh- later, but he he was He he, he did some fakie tricks, which I don't think you go fakie I was all gonna that much. say
0: no. He switch flipped into his backside tricks. <laughs> That's so we're like okay, this, uh. is, this is a different guy.
1: <laughs> um. But so, I watched so you know i I, w- I watched his clips right before we got on the plane i was like talking to him looking at his clips right in front of him being like
0: the <laughs> fuck you yeah? know ted with his introductions yeah
1: and so <laughs> he's got a clip literally like just doing like switch flip manis on like uh tall pads in copenhagen switch flip crook on on a flat ledge there like this crazy hard to skate weird banked manual pad Nolly flip nose manuals it front shove five o's on ledges like crazy shit and uh I watch it, I get on the plane, and I'm just like sitting there like fucking waiting for like the the seatbelt light to go off, and just it, mid-flight, all the fucking shades are drawn. It's like the middle of the night, I guess. I don't know what time it is, but I just, I, I go through the aisle, it's one of these big international flights, over to the next aisle, and he's he's like by the back in the bathroom, and I go, I go, Sean, hey, Sean, and I like tap him on the shoulder, he's like, oh, hey, what's up, man, and I go, I just watch your... I just watch more of your Instagram. You're so fucking good at skating. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and uh, yeah, that was that was it. All right, we're gonna get through like four questions yeah, at this rate. Uh, well, but be like Sean if you want if you like the show and you want to support it, uh, you can sign up for as little as five dollars a month. patreoncom slash City and the money goes directly to Ted Schmidt so that he can take less shifts at his valet job. Damn. Thanks for that question, Eric William Rosten, Uh even though it was a, a little burn. Uh, okay, what do we got? Uh, Sean Doyle. We got a question from Sean Doyle.
2: Oh, shit. This is his episode.
3: <laughs> yeah. Sean also Oh, sorry.
0: Sorry, go ahead, Kristen. It's oh, okay. Oh, I
3: was just going to say, Sean also showed up to the NYCSP event that, I hosted the other weekend with Lacey and just came and participated and supported and didn't skate, (laughs) and it was awesome.
1: That's awesome.
3: So he's also good at not skating, so I just wanted to throw that out there. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Good skater, good not skater. That's 10 out of 10. What do you got,
0: Ryan? All right, Sean Doyle asks, are skaters unique in their appetite for consuming advertisements and marketing?
2: Yes.
3: Yeah, we're obsessed with it.
2: Wait, Who wants I, to talk I have about. a, I have a, okay. Yes. We, I think that, um, what he's getting at or rather my, my thoughts are that, um, we end up identifying with brands in a way that like is way more personal. You know, like when you look, look at anyone's like Instagram of their like notebooks you know, when they were in, in junior high and they all draw like the toy machine monster and the America pyramid and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, we've sort of like, and people get those tattoos like Osiris tattoos and uh, which is insane. Um, <clears throat> and I think that like, because we rely on this stuff so much, we do weirdly like have a much more visceral connection to brands. It's kind of a problem, but it's also like, uh, and we also buy buy it much more because we destroy shoes and destroy boards and grind through trucks and are proud of that, right? Yeah, I'd I agree with that. Okay, Chat. yeah,
3: I, yeah. I just feel like um, there. Well, there are certain skaters though that would maybe like identify with like girl chocolate, like Krill Tap vibe, right? And then yeah. there's just all different types of vibes of skaters that you can yeah. sort of pick from. So I feel like there's so much to identify with. Whereas like, I guess it's kind of similar to like in team sports, I don't know cultures like you're you you know are repping the Raiders or like the Lakers or whatever you know I don't know yeah. Yeah. but um I think what's interesting about skaters is that um you can kind of cross a lot of different realms um like I think about skaters in terms of like their music tastes as well like most mm-hmm. skaters I know listen to a very eclectic music um they're not just into like one genre per se and I feel like that's because of um skate videos showcasing like different styles so there'll be like a hip hop track and then like a punk track and whatever so i think mm-hmm. skaters get nerdy and into scenes but i think they're also open to different styles and just the idea of being a skater sort of like the unifier so yeah
1: and you know we kind of know what we mean when we say oh they're kind of like an anti-hero skater you know like the 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 brand kind of signals an aesthetic or even sometimes a type of personality which is you know kind of a burly or kind of like an understated kind of person with appreciation for crust or something and you know like i'm a roger skater just kidding (laughs) you are you're such a roger skater
0: (laughs) i think what's fascinating too is like I, like I think I came to this the uh, same way a lot of folks did, which is like we view like subversiveness even through brands. I was talking to my yeah. friend Alan the other day, and he was like saying how he, you know like he used to like spray paint like the Rat Bones logo, the, like totally different bones than we grew up with Smith's. <laughs> but uh, he was like, yeah, I used to like spray paint that logo everywhere, like it was subversive. And I was like, that's funny because you're just doing marketing for them, like yep. free fucking marketing. Yeah. Um, nice one, right. Sean Doyle. Moving on, Timothy Ward. Shout out, Tim. Dream interview: Living or dead? Skater or normie? <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, who would we want to interview?
2: Yep. Or who do we want to be dead? <laughs> <laughs> um. I'll need,
1: dude. It's like you want us to answer on air, but it's like these kind of take a second.
2: How many dead or, skaters or, are there? I mean, Shaw is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sticks out. Good. And, good uh, call,
1: Phil Shaw. I mean, yeah. Dylan. Uh, it's a, this is dark.
3: Wait, it said living or dead? Hmm. Living or yeah. dead? Yeah, like oh. if you
1: wanted to do an interview with somebody, you know, who would you like to sit down and get the record straight on?
2: Maybe, maybe let's skip that question. That one's tough. It's put me in a uh, weird mood.
1: I, I have one name. Uh, if if y'all care, um, I, I want to talk to Wade Spayer real bad. I fucking, I just, uh, and ideally in a room with him and Jeroboam, and just be like, hey guys, like. Your best shit was six months before I started skating, but it's basically <laughs> all I watched from like twenty six to twenty eight. I think you might
2: be kind of right wing. What's up? <laughs> <That's> yeah, <it. laughs> yeah. I mean, I, okay. So Phil Shaw, Wade Spire, and uh, Dandra Hobel. You just kind of want to yeah. talk to the Think Team. Uh, yeah, ninety eight Think. Yeah, half that
1: video sucks so fucking bad. Watch dedication, it. but then half <laughs> of it is so fucking good. Like. It's
2: unreal. Send it.
0: All right, moving on. Uh, At Mostly Skateboarding, how do you maintain a good skate work-life balance?
2: Mm.
3: You're asking the wrong people. Ted Schmitz,
0: how do you maintain your skate (laughs) work-life balance? I don't want to
1: answer all these. I I clearly don't. I got so fucked up in Copenhagen skating nine hours a day. Seriously thought I was going to overdose on skating. Came back to run cars with my fucking butt cheek to my kneecap black and purple just like i have to wear long sleeves to to park cars it's like 110 out because my fucking arms are so torn up i skate from 11 to 3 in the morning here like i i don't know how to regulate it because when it hits me it's a compulsion and i have to get it unless i'm locked to like work and i have somebody's keys or like i need to like write something that needs to get out tonight i if i'm free i have to get it if i feel it
2: Kristen you you're busy as hell and productive as fuck. how do you yeah, what wh- the fuck? how do you balance it
3: um I definitely take days off I'd say yeah um,
2: skate days or work days
3: <laughs> both I guess um, <laughs> I try I think of skating um, I think it's easy to get frustrated skateboarding if you're always thinking about what you used to be able to do or whatever so I've been trying to think think of skating every time I get on my skateboard to just challenge myself in one little way. And like, for instance, the other day I had to go get some work done at the coffee shop and we got to the coffee shop a little bit too early. It wasn't open yet. And so I was like, I wonder if I could land a Nolly heel flip before 9am. Oh, that's awesome. It. So yeah. I just, I like to, my friend Meg coined this phrase, but, um, they say, uh, uh create small hurdles and jump over them. Um, yeah. and you'll feel a success. So. I try to think about it that way and um, know that if I stay consistent on my skateboard, like even if I just go push around a little bit or skate flat outside my house or skate the park for an hour, or whatever I can fit in, um, that I'll be happier and uh, feel have better board feel. I try not to take like a whole week or two off. Um, but yeah, I'll take a few days yeah. off. I like to stretch a lot, Epsom salt baths, uh, yeah, icing. bath bomb life. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Try to take care of my body as best as I can. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Uh, TB? I definitely.
0: Ryan. Oh, go ahead, Ted. No, Ryan. I I just was going to say, I definitely cannot relate. And this is something that I struggle with a lot being in. I know that Ted Barrow's going to get upset about this, but I'm like, you know, in the twilight of my career and trying to. No, you're not. Figure out what I'm going (laughs) to.
1: Yeah. James, James Brockman's in the twilight Uh, of his career.
0: But, you know, it's like I'm constantly and it's again, it's like it's really hard to uh, exist in pro skating setting like what Kristen said are like small hurdles for yourself like I, I feel like you just there's always massive hurdles in front of you whether in obviously like you create them for yourself and your your own worst critic but uh yeah it's super difficult and I'm often wondering if like I'm wasting my time like trying to film where I should just be going out and skating with my friends and uh sometimes like I don't end up skating with my friends a whole lot because I'm like out filming or trying to like work on some project and that sucks the life out of skating for me sometimes. So, Um, And then there's also just like the opportunity cost of like maybe I should be focusing my effort on whatever comes after my career, you know? Yeah, Yeah,
3: that's a hard balance. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I look back at my early 20s and I'm like, man, I wish I put more time into skating. You know, I wish I, but then again, I know why I didn't. There wasn't really any opportunities for me. Um, And I think now I'm pushing myself a lot more as I'm getting I gonna, older. I was gonna, I was gonna say, say you Kristen, were so you were so
0: just in the X Games. Yeah. No, as I know, As I said re- recently, like, Kristen Edling f- for Pro uh, 2020. <laughs> Dude, I- yeah.
3: Ryan, I'm just following in your footsteps. I'm trying to be a late, <laughs> broomler, a late bloomer pro. You're my possibility model.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, no joke,
1: though, I think you you need the name on the board.
0: <laughs> That's great, because once you turn pro, then skateboarding is no longer release for you, and you're just mounted with all this pressure all the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> can't wait until you get here, Kristen. <laughs>
2: I think I, I like your model, Kristen, uh, for skating. Cause that's my vibe is that, you know, uh, I'm, I got burnt out with pushing myself. Not that I ever really did by the time I turned 30 and for a long time I didn't enjoy it. And now I'm just like, what if I'm just going to do frontside pivots all day? That's fun. You know? And, yeah. and like, it's great. Granted, I don't have the pressures of sponsorship or skill. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I don't really have to do anything but frontside pivots. But, um, no, I mean, but like balancing work life, I actually have a very hard time, even if I just do something really mellow, um, getting back into like the headspace to do the other stuff that I do. I, it, they're not a consonant for me, it, they're always pushing against one another. Mm. Um, like, I have a hard time focusing. After I skate on anything else, I think about skating mm. non the, the whole day. If I if I've skated in the morning, it's weird. So I, I yep. must do one day on and one day off. Yeah,
3: Hmm, yeah. Sense. I guess I can't really relate to that because I feel like uh, I maybe I feel like some anger or frustration through work, and I'll go skate, and it feels like it sort of dissipates. Um, that
2: happens. Maybe but the maybe skate, I'm lucky. Yeah, I mean I <laughs> definitely it's a stressful. Relief, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's if,
3: yeah, I guess I mean to say, like, if I'm stressed about something at work and then I'm able to have a little space from it and go skate, I can kind of come back to it with like a fresh viewpoint and it, I feel less like stuck. So I I feel like my skating and like work life like kind of balance off, off of each other. And I do the only time I feel stressed out is if it's in balance. So, like, let's say I'm spending a lot of time at my desk and I'm sitting there because for me also as i've gotten older um if i'm not active i feel stiff and it like i have a lot of chronic pain but if i'm skating every day and staying active riding my bike walking you know whatever i'm doing um skating if i'm staying active i feel a lot better so that's the only time my work life balance feels really off is if I'm not able to, I'm working too much or on the other time side, um, skating too much. And then I feel guilty that I'm not getting enough of my work done because, um, I'm my own boss and that's kind of stressful when you're a skate rat. So I got to really make sure I put in my time every day to work. So I stay up on all my projects.
2: My, My vibe is like, if I work really hard and I haven't skated for a week, if I have one good like session at, at LES, I'll be like, Oh, that was sick. I landed like a a tail side i think i'm gonna to move to barcelona and try to get on sour <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 like fuck I, work uh, <laughs> i think uh speaking as someone who has had the luxury of only skating uh i definitely enjoy skating much more when i'm working and if i could give any advice to people out there who are maybe like entering the initial stages of being sponsored just keep going to school or working or like working on the projects that you're doing. I mean, you don't need to like work a soul sucking job, but you know, I think that it's good to like have things that you're, that are like occupying your mind and like, then skating will be more of a release for you when you go do it.
2: Yeah. Good call.
4: Yeah.
0: And it's like skating is not a 40 hour a week job. Like it's not that for anybody. So just, you know, there's always time to skate and film, even if you're getting paid only to skate. Yeah.
1: And, and the last thing I'll I'll say on that is that last year I worked, uh, in an office for a, it was a nonprofit attached to an insurance company, and uh, and I I worked forty hours or more in the office, sometimes fifty, and from sitting all day, you you don't want to skate, you're fucking sucked, and uh, and I quit that job.
2: Nice, and, and, and now, so that's how I regulate it. And now you're all bruised. All right, next question.
0: <laughs> all right, thank you. Mostly skateboarding. If you're yeah, looking for good. another podcast about skating, uh, yeah. check them out. They're yeah. they're uh, friends of the show. Templeton's awesome. Adzwell Fact asks, "What surprised each one of you the most at this year's Pushing Borders?"
2: How little I belonged. <laughs> oh,
3: dude, no, you're no, fucking no, telling what? me. <laughs> Say more. I, I mean, dude. I just
2: like there were. Um, there is some truth to like. I, I did really feel like everyone else's convictions and reasons for being there and also like not just within skateboarding but in their academic fields um, if that, those applied to the people like, were much more logical than mine um, And I'm not, that's not like an inferiority complex or anything I was just so impressed by the level of engagement um, in the subject on, on the part of each of the panelists put it that way
3: I was surprised with how many people were there.
1: Holy, Holy shit, shit, yeah. Yeah, over 300 people.
3: Yeah, cuz I saw the pictures from last year and it looked like a bunch of people in like a small classroom. I don't know, like laying on the ground like cuz there was enough space, but like really small yeah, spaces. Yeah, I was, was going to say
0: two things. Like one, yeah, the especially the amount of people from the US that bought plane tickets to go to pushing borders, yes. like that is it's one thing if you live in Europe, like you can hop over there real quick. But there were a lot of people I met from the U.S. who just were like, oh, I'm interested in this, including Jim T, who just like went out there as a yeah. stayed four days, yeah. stayed all four yeah. days just as a, a person to to listen. Um, but for Love me, uh, yeah. the, I mean, this is I guess this might maybe not wasn't so surprising, but just like the amount of like young people all over the world who just give a shit and are using skateboarding as a vessel to change things uh was that was the by far the raddest part of the whole conference for me yeah Um, i was
3: surprised by how many hugs i gave too. like i i literally (laughs) it was pushing borders to me was walking 10 feet to like my next hug (laughs) like
2: (laughs) hugging borders
1: it was hugging borders (laughs) for me for sure i was uh i was shocked by a lot of things uh to see so many people i was a fan of and to 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 see you know the people whose work I'd looked up to in person to see how down to earth a lot of people were um mainly um I kind of knew going into it um that I kind of like looked forward to this panel but there was uh there was a panel about um allyship and uh and lgbtq uh plus skaters and uh and I was kind of just like okay I'm gonna keep my ears open for that because of like our scene has a has a weird past with what maybe felt like an ironic like homoeroticism or something. But I was like uh five people on stage told coming out stories and some of them were funny and some of them were goddamn heartbreaking. And yeah. that was um that was really I think important to hear uh for me especially to know that like, yo, like when we were throwing the F word around like that shit has an effect that shit keeps people scared uh living in fear makes skating a more dangerous and uh not just skating but makes the environment a more dangerous place for people um and so to to hear the effects um of that uh kind of culture uh i thought was just super super powerful super important um it was really cool uh of the panelists um to to be so open and uh and I, i took a lot from that
2: here here
0: Great. Uh, about sums it up. Um, all right, Andrew Cannon. Let's talk about grip. How does the group feel about colored versus black? Cannon <laughs> is definitely doing some market research.
3: <laughs> yeah. Andrew, we're going to send you an invoice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Which what color invoice would you like, Andrew?
3: <laughs> would you like slip? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles print <laughs> invoice? Pizza print. Something um, tells me he'd like that.
2: Yeah. Uh. Uh. uh Okay, here's my take.
3: Colored grip. I swear to God, I'm like, how the fuck does it work? Yeah. I've never skated it. It looks like it doesn't work. It, it looks, looks like chunky, a joke, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and it's
3: always like peeling up and mm-hmm. like dirty. It just looks it's like thick. garbage. I like. Yeah. I, I like it. when
1: it's integrated in with a bunch of cuts, kind of like I like kind of mosaic it into some of my boards. Um, but
3: Tempe guy. Simpy. Yeah,
1: I'm,
0: simpy, I'm, I'm, I'm in the mob. So I do like a little Coca Pelli, and then uh, we got a little peyote plant down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, I, I like it,
1: I uh, like the screen printed mob, but I don't like to do the whole sheet, like, you know, just like little patches here and there. But
0: yeah, I, I do. Uh, I fuck with clear grip a little bit and mostly black grip. But uh, and I like doing some underlays sometimes can be fun, like gluing shit onto the board. Yeah, my view with like It's fun to play with. Yeah, it's fun. I I kind of like the way that I like build my board is I like to do like one or two loud things. But if there's like way too much chaos, like all over print trucks and all over print, I don't know. Board. You're talking about my board. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ted's board. Like Ted's board looks like his bedroom right now. It kind of stresses <laughs> me out. Um. um, I think
2: I think it's gilding the lily. I think I like. I've one only skate scrap grip tape that James from labor yeah. gives, gives me like, I'm always just like, give me a few scraps. I don't care if it's Jessup or mob, just do that. And, um, I like patterns, but I don't like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of color. Cause I, I just remember when it was really, really shitty in the late eighties yeah. and that was Gross.
3: I think it's like way sicker to spray paint your grip tape. Yeah, true.
2: That's a sick move
3: too. It just it actually it like actually looks real. Like I don't know, for some reason like colored grip just looks fake.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm run I'm running paint pen right now. I like that.
2: But weirdly, your paint pen, I saw your paint pen on your grip. It just said shake, Junt. It was just crazy. Shut the
1: fuck up. <laughs> Shut up. Did
3: you, did you see the tweet today that was like, sorry, I'm really into Twitter lately because yeah, I just got Twitter it like a week ago. Um, I'm like, where have I been? This is what I've been looking for. Uh, uh, it's Somebody it's was fun. like having Boys are going to shake-
0: have to shape up. <laughs>
3: But yeah, mama's, mama's in town. <laughs>
0: Kristen's like, did you see this tweet? It was like 30 to 50 feral hogs.
3: <laughs> no, I, it was like ha, someone having shake joint grip tape is a, uh, a large barrier to me enjoying their skateboarding or something like yeah. that.
1: <laughs> Very oh. relatable. I, I drafted a tweet back, but I didn't say it. And I was like, it's the same for me, but in reverse. I'm like, really, I really admire the like, just like, I'm gonna cast aesthetics and like, taste signals aside <laughs> and I'm just gonna be like, basically someone who like, seems like a local Dave Baczynski. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, great All question. Right. Good uh, luck on your uh, triathlon, Andrew.
1: He doesn't I, love him. Luck. I just love him.
0: Okay, miss the mark asks. Asks? Axes. <laughs> axes. Any <laughs> any Axe suggest- body spray. <laughs> Any suggestions for how someone in a rural area can help create safe spaces for their skate community? That's Kristen, really I feel awesome. like you're you're, you're uh, best situated to answer this question.
3: Hello there. <laughs> um.
2: Which
0: I feel like is a really important area. Like this is. A I super want Ted Barrow question. to answer this.
2: <laughs> I live in fucking New York City. I live that life.
0: So Texas. talk to us about the Upper West Side, Ted.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've created a safe space at my curb.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I think uh, the best thing to do would be to um, be really present in the skate scene and lead by example. And my favorite thing is like if you hear something that sounds a little bit rough, like maybe something that is biased in some kind of way, racist, homophobic, whatever. To like just share with whoever says that and just say, hey, like you know, here's maybe what you meant to say, or like be like, oh, this is how I would phrase that instead. Um, and just be like kind of that type of person in your skate scene. Um, And I think naturally through doing that, you'll gravitate towards people that share similar values and you can start to build a community, whether that's like a community that meets up and skates regularly or you work on a video or create some type of culture in your scene. And then I think once you get to that point, you can potentially work with other like pillars in your skate scene, whether that's like um, a local skate shop or another crew and just sort of start to be that bridge but um i definitely think it starts with you and leading by example and just being out in the community being active and participating um and i think by being that person and making allies within that work you'll create a safer space for everybody
0: yeah i i totally agree i think that uh maybe ted could speak to this a little bit but i do feel like one of the worst things that you hear from like whatever liberals coastal elites is like that they kind of like write off like rural areas or red states or whatever what have you but like a lot of times like some of the like raddest and most interesting people live and organize in those places and like you'll be surprised at like who shows up at your events or for whatever you're working on you know yeah you don't need to to move to like a big metropolitan city you know
1: i i grew up in red states, Nevada was red when I lived there. I used to live in Alaska, and then and then here. Um, and one thing that's very hard is that the culture outside of skateboarding will dictate a lot of you, whether you want it to or not. Where because you, you go to school with, you know, I went to school in a very conservative suburban neighborhood in Mesa, Arizona, um, and and you know whether. Whether you want it to or not you don't hear a lot of like dissenting voices or, or people who will challenge you um, You know when you do step out of line and say dumbass shit or or if you you are not being um, if you're not If you're making the space worse, it's like, you know, and so um, What what is cool is exactly what you said one or a couple people will start that and then you know when you kind of go into it you can sort of bounce your politics off each other and kind of, and kind of make a little bubble and see that kind of like spread through the culture and, and, and eventually be a, be a, uh, I think a voice or, or a squad or a crew or a community against the, I think larger, uh, I guess like, you know, conservative culture that you're surrounded by. Um, that's how I feel about, you know, our, our little squad here. It's like, we weren't like. We wouldn't have identified as progressive or, or whatever, really anything. I think most of us maybe voted for Obama in two thousand eight or whatever, but like, I we didn't think of ourselves in our relationship to our allyship necessarily. We didn't think of ourselves um, as being as pushing any type of progressive ideals through the culture. And what has happened, and 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 thank fucking God, is that over time. More people have started to step up, create organizations, whether that's skate after school um, or, you know, there's a ton of other like activists, like immigration activists in the area working really well. And, and they're connecting, doing good work is you you're starting to hear those voices louder and louder and they're, and they're building momentum and you can kind of latch onto it and inform your politics through that and, and push back against the the redness around you.
0: True. That's a good that's yeah. a good segue into uh we got a question from Trill Danforth, who is actually, I think, from the Appalachian region. Uh, he asks, who is your favorite NorCal head, and why is it Javante Turner? And why is it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the three
2: flip, right? He also seemed to kind of have invented the, um, the in, like, he was the prototype for all of the behavior that was, like, badass about Embarcadero. I don't know. I mean, I'm answering honestly. Yeah, I remember.
0: I, I think I'm could- ignorant of EMB shit. I only know him through. Yeah. All right. Uh, Chase the Rooster asks: Have any of you ever had to deal with criminal charges? What was that like?
3: I got an uh, MIP in high school.
0: Yeah,
2: I spent 30 hours in jail once. Do tell. Do you tell. want it? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay. Um, I mean,
0: you don't have to if you don't want to.
2: No, I'm. It's 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 a. I've
0: got skate stories. So.
2: Yeah. Okay. This one. So I I woke up in 2005 uh, in the vestibule of my building in Brooklyn wearing a sweater vest, a button up shirt, probably some girls jeans <laughs> and, <laughs> and like some stupid shoes and in the breast pocket of my button up shirt underneath my sweater vest I had a summons to, to go to court for urinating on the street which I did not remember. I suspect I was roofied. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fast forward to nine years later, I was um, skateboarding at a skate spot uh, that bears the unfortunate name of Gay Ledges. Um, that was the name of the spot because it was next to Christopher Street, but I'm, I'm glad that spot's not called that anymore. And I'm sorry, that spot's gone. Anyway, um, I would move between subway cars at 14th Street, and got pulled out, pulled out of the subway at 18th Street, and i had a warrant of 9 years and i spent 30 hours in jail and it was a really cool ex- it was exciting it was exciting cuz i didn't get beaten up and what? i was in a really good cell
1: was it like a like a kind of exotic fascination or like did you feel like you were just kind of like slumming it just for the night
2: or uh i mean honest yeah i guess exotic fascination but there was a really nice sense of camaraderie camaraderie in, in our cell and that uh, very much did not exist in the other cells because ours was the only cell that didn't like have a fight where, where like Damn. blood was shed and people's faces were smashed against bars and medics came in and wrapped people up. So that was a nice wow, touch.
0: Uh, I got arrested skating the Manhattan Bridge in New York uh, with Matt Mullen what part and of the Manhattan
2: Bridge, like the entrance?
0: Literally, like on the side of the bridge, there was like a flatbed, a uh, series of flatbed trucks that were like in a construction zone. Uh-huh. And we walked in there; the fence was open, and I was like alling off of the, like riding on the flatbed truck to like frontside wall ride, on <laughs> like how the
2: quarter pipe bit.
0: Yeah, the little yeah. quarter pipe bit, like kind of like the one that they used to skate. Uh, oh, I they, filmed you do. That. They still skate. Yeah, I think Ted filmed it. Um, but anyways, yeah, I was just there with Matt Mullen and the who was the enjoy filmer at the time, mm-hmm. and we uh, we got our goods and we were we were just walking out and some cops showed up and it was really weird because the fence was open like there were some fences but they weren't locked and it seemed like very unserious for like the first few minutes and then they're like all right well uh put your hands behind your back and we're just gonna take you into the precinct we're like whoa (laughs) whoa whoa whoa, what the fuck and uh yeah so we got taken down to that precinct um i'm not sure which one it is but they told us that lady gaga was there uh recently (laughs) and uh yeah so uh we were there for a few hours it was like pretty mild like just held in like a little holding cell and um I think the worst part about it was that I wasn't li- It was, like, after I left New York. So, I wasn't living there any longer. And I had, like, a court date that was, like, six months out or something. So, That's we basically, annoying. like, both had to go back to New York and go to court. And they ended up just dropping the charges because we shot some photos of the fences being open. But I'm pretty sure that it was, like, some domestic terrorism, like, issue. Yeah. Like, the- they're really serious about skating on bridges there uh, for for... I guess maybe obvious reasons, but also maybe like, you know, they're a little overly paranoid. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was, um, it was, it was mild. Nothing ended up happening out of it. And we got the charges dropped. So it was good. Okay. Uh, Kristen, Ted, you got any stories? No,
1: I have a one minute one. One time a security <laughs> guard tried to take my board at the university of Arizona and, uh, I was trying to kickflip into a hubba and, kind of jovial for a second and then he was like okay cool well uh i've deemed this egregious enough for me to uh confiscate your uh your accessory to the crime and i was like what he's like i'm taking your board and i was like it had shake grip and uh and and i was like oh no 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 you are certainly not taking my skateboard you're a fake cop and uh (laughs) and he didn't like that and then he he and then he went to go take my board and i went to like grab it and he's like yeah, if you take, he's like, if you don't let me take it, I'm going to put your face in that, in that stare. And I was like, I was like, you're a fucking fascist dude. Like take my board. Like, and we just started arguing and I got written up in the, uh, crime beat in the, uh, U of A paper, <laughs> uh, for uh, the headline was fascist officer steals skateboard. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's amazing.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Blog research asks which of the Ven City hosts is the biggest showboater. All eyes on Ted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ted. Yeah, we're we're good. I, You're no, really but like to answer that. Low key, I'm like a closet showboater.
1: I like. True. Are we talking about on the show or on the board? On and off. No, board. I think on the board. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I'm. Yeah, I, I thank That's you like all your for
0: whole shtick, Ted. You're like a like a performance skater. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, your
3: performance I, art, Ted.
1: I thank you all for putting up with what I call demo energy.
2: Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it so much.
0: This, the, de- the Ted, walk us through the Ted Barrow. Walk us through the demo energy just moments before your panel.
2: Oh, that was so incredible. Like, yeah, we were kind of skating, and it's a ner- nerve wracking to be up on that stage. And there was this one impossible obstacle, which is this tiny little kicker that went up to this giant bank, but improbably there was coping on the top of the bank. And um, I was like, Ted, backside, tailside that. And I swear his like ears turned pointed and perked up like an animal. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like he's like eyes sparkled and he like looked around and probably made eye contact with 300 people in the auditorium <laughs> and t- and like turns around, mad dog donkey kicks his way over to the kicker, Ollie's just as another skateboarder is like trying a trick on the bank and so he's like getting into back tail position in the air, sees the skateboarder, somehow vaults off of his skateboard to front flip so as to avoid colliding with the skateboarder and then slides down, upside down, down the bank, nearly careening into the wall. And it was, and, and that, I, that was
0: that was like everyone in the audience's introduction to attachments. Yeah, and that
2: and the crazy thing was is like, I kind of knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> Dick. No, I'm just like, you know, yeah, it was incredible. It was so it was like adorable and endearing and fucking terrifying all at once.
1: And then I drank a gallon of water on stage,
0: and we didn't to-
2: sleep the night before, of course. So
0: oh yeah cyrus d rolf asks i always scoff when i see these brands come out with alternatives for traditional maple wood skateboards but as our planet's forests continue to deplete and the price of maple continues to go up do you think it is a good practice to start experimenting with alternative materials i think that's a fucking good question
2: yeah it's a very good question
0: there is something just like entrenched in our brains that like skateboards cannot be changed and i don't i mean i'm victim to it and I don't know. I don't know. Andrew Cannon would probably be a really good person to bring on to talk about this, but there probably are some alternatives. I don't know. What do you think, Ted? Ted Barrow.
2: Um, I don't know. It's, I've, I've thought about that too. And I just like the feeling of, of wood. I like how it looks. Um, I like how it smells and I, it's tough because yes, skateboarding does have a pretty negative impact obviously on the environment environment these things aren't biodegradable they they require vast resources etc but um on the other hand we're like not burning carbon when we're skating and um yeah it's really i i don't know it probably won't happen in my lifetime but i hope it happens for the next generation
1: yeah i don't know how much of an it- that's the thing I always wonder. I'm like, how much of an impact? Like, how much is consumed by skateboard? Is it a lot of maple trees? Is it not a lot? I don't fucking know. But yeah,
2: I recently it could I, be I, better. I overheard someone uh, at pushing borders in a conversation say that, like, you know, it was a negligible, um, actual impact, which made me feel good. I don't care to research that because I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want to be contradicted. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. You said it's fine. It's fine. Good. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, my my friend uh, Lindsay Holmes in Portland also has a recycled skateboard uh, jewelry brand plug uh, Maple XO. Uh, she takes in old boards and makes all sorts of cool ass jewelry with it. So there's old other wheels ways. too. Yeah, old wheels. Yeah, I
3: have earrings made out of old wheels of theirs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, really? They're Maple XO. Mm-hmm.
3: Sick. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Part part of me does feel like it's probably negligible because or negligible because I don't think that really all that many people skateboard like on the great like compared to like how many humans like eat food. Yeah. but uh, I do think that there's something in like the complex that we all have where we just can't like are so resistant to any sort of like technological change uh, over like the boards that we skate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna
3: say, can we talk about maybe making like the um can we not put them in shrink wrap? Yeah, right. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, like, what about just putting a piece of, like, wax paper in between? Or just even, like, newspaper in between so their graphic doesn't get fucked up? Like, it drives me nuts how much shit is shrink-wrapped.
0: Yeah. If you work
3: in the industry, please explore that. Um, second thing is, like, can we talk about, like, the glue that gets used and like, other um, uh, like, Paints and things like that that are getting used on the skateboards and maybe mm-hmm. consider like less toxic versions mm-hmm. um, And then the other thing is if we're talking about sustainability and skateboarding We need to talk about footwear because I feel like that's a way bigger issue than yes mm-hmm. Like skateboards yeah. like vulcanized shoes like somebody the other day told me they can't even be made in the United States Because it's such a toxic I was, process I was so, who
0: told you that yep. yeah, yeah, so
3: Yeah, I feel like there's <laughs> bigger fish to fry in, in terms of like skateboarding being more eco-friendly yeah and um yeah
2: but it, it comes back down to that thing of of us you know like we are mega consumers and we're we we have these weird um almost superstitious like connections to our equipment and to the their surfaces or yeah to their textures and yeah um it's tough i i it's really something like even as you're saying that i agree with everything you say kristen but i was just like but i like the way that like ps boards smell <laughs> i like those <laughs> i like those glues you know what i'm saying like,
0: T-
3: ted's, I mean, chewing, I
0: like- ted's chewing on shrink wrap <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> I I like licking my Vulcanized souls.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's just like everything. It's like uh, no, can we just like focus on another community and just leave all the skateboard stuff? This- <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's talk go, about how go after how, the how, football how much, players. Pl-
2: let's talk about how much plastic is used in the production of helmets. <laughs> oh god. Oh
3: my god. god.
0: <laughs> <Dude>. Next question. <laughs> There's your hill
3: to die on. All uh, right. uh, found it. <laughs>
0: Okay this is a fun one Uh, Piss in Newports asks uh, Pre and post sesh meal Slash snack of choice
2: Nothing
1: in Sweden
0: (laughs) (laughs) After
2: after two weeks falafel Uh, Breakfast lunch dinner Honestly
3: Sweden can we just talk about Swedish food real quick y'all have figured out Everything except for food You need to work (laughs) on that Put some resources behind your food yeah, but um, even dr-
0: but even drinks are good. Oatly's kind of dominated the market there. They they got oh, that yeah. all covered. It's just yeah. drinks, great. Yeah, food sandwich was fun. We're just finicky vegans. That's that's what's going on here. Um,
1: also, dude, warm fucking chocolate milkshake. What the fuck? Anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: my what, answer to the, the question the is pre food banana, post food burrito.
2: Good call. Damn, yeah. seconded.
0: Yeah, yeah I, th- I I I actually uh, I use uh. This is not a sponsored post, but I like John Mata's company, RAR Superfoods. He like has like a superfood and protein powder that's like a brown rice protein. And I, as a vegan, like that's, you know, something that I've kind of integrated into my diet. So sometimes before, sometimes after, but. Oh um, my God. Yeah. Both. Sorry. I,
2: this is actually like, I have forged an online and real life friendship with you, Ryan, over the last couple of years. I know we met before, but yep. all I've wanted to do is pick your brain about uh, s- smoothies and shakes and now I interrupted you. <laughs> 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 Sorry, keep talking.
0: Uh, I don't have anything else to say, but yeah, I mean, right. I invested in a Vitamix a few years ago and that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's good to have, okay. Uh,
2: text me separately. I need ingredients. I need, I want to get on the, the, the Ryan Lay protein shake program. John Mata. Yeah.
0: Maybe we should interview we should interview John. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be good. He's an awesome skater and just amazing human. Um, Burnett likes the brown frown. It's like a
1: theme on his Instagram. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Drinks a brown smoothie every day. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh Moth Holes asks if y'all could have a part in any video throughout history, which would it be? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the, wh- the missing from that conversation is that like your part is in that video. Like if you're going to say like a really great video, it's like your part has to stand up in that yeah, video. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think and, like, like, where, wait, where wait, would wait, I fit? You're <laughs> like, yeah, I'll throw I'll throw myself in minefield. Why not? Yeah.
3: Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Could it be like, what part did you wish was you in that video? Like, could I be John Cardiel in Sight Unseen? That's <laughs> fucking sick.
2: I feel like I could have been Charlie Coatney in the first Toy Machine video, look that one up.
0: Like Heavy Metal?
2: <laughs> um, yeah.
0: I think uh, an answer I would give is that there are, I think like the process of how the videos are made sounds like fun to me. Like I never really had the opportunity, like I had a lot of opportunities to like, film apart while I was getting paid skating but like never really had like the big opportunity to like focus exclusively on one video and have like all the resources that I want and like a filmer that I could like work with in my hometown and I think that that would be like a really uh I don't know I like part of me like wishes that I had that like a bag of suck or like minefield type video where those guys worked on it for I don't know, what, like six years or something and had like all the resources and it was like not at a time where social media was a thing and you just could focus on one thing and put out like literally nothing. That sounds like awesome. Like, and I think that like every skateboarder should have like had access to that kind of thing, you know? That's like the dream, right? Darcy Watson asks, sticking to the Euro theme, what do you make of this parade world idea? Uh, Can it work in North America or do we actually ruin everything? (laughs) Uh, So Parade World is a new online, not an online shop, but it's like a it's an online website that basically like facilitates online a, website. <laughs> it's an online, uh, no, it's a, it's, it's basically, that is this. Yeah. <laughs> is it an online website? Okay. Access so you've got a series of tubes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, So oh, it's a, it's a website that acts as an online retailer for local skate shops in Europe that maybe don't have their own online platform built up. they, help with search engine optimization so that they can compete with brands that are doing direct-to-consumer. And so uh, when you type in a product that you're looking for, it'll take you to Parade, and then you basically order it using the shop's inventory. The shop basically makes a sell, and then the Parade website takes a cut out of that.
3: It's like Etsy, basically, Uh, for skate shops. I
0: don't know how Etsy works, but...
3: Well, Etsy's like you go on the site and then there's all these different merchants that you can view and then they like help with the fulfillment and stuff like that. Sure. At least that's kind of how I was thinking of it, but I don't know if that's wrong.
2: My guess would be that North America would ruin that system, but I'm not sure how we would do it.
4: Yeah.
3: I mean... I- I feel like it's valuable for skate shop owners that don't have the time or don't have the knowledge or understanding. Like you can't be good at everything. Um, I find like every skate shop owner that I've ever met is like somewhat like frantic and like has all these different things happening because they're working in this environment where they're trying to do like administrative work. And then like someone's like, yo, you got these in a size 11 and a half. So they're (laughs) just like always like bouncing around. Um, And so I feel like for a shop owner that doesn't have time to get an online store, it could be like positive for them. Yeah. Um, cause it would, you know, help them sell more stuff and keep those doors open. Cause online sales, I don't think are like, people just are obsessed with getting shit in the mail. So,
4: yeah.
3: um, and ordering things online. So I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon. So I feel like for those shops, it's great, but, um, it does feel a little weird that another business is like taking a cut and uh, yeah, all of that, but I don't think, know. I was going to say, as it's a little commie,
1: I don't like any skimmers. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, my, my thought
0: is like, just, you know, Small shops should build their own online platforms. I guess I I would think that, like, yeah, maybe they don't have the resources, but I feel like Europe's market is different in that. And I'm gonna go out on a whim here, like I don't know this for sure, but it feels like there's more, more like most of the shops in Europe are kind of like the type of core shops that are in like major metropolitan areas, whereas like in North America or U.S. specifically, like we have so many shops like some of them are like cool core shops that are in big cities but there's a lot of shops that are just like owned by a guy who owns a jet ski dealership and they're just scattered all over the U.S. and I feel like I don't know if like a parade type website would do like I don't know some sort of like gatekeeping where they hand select shops that they feel like are like exclusive shops or something to yeah bolster them yeah. yeah, my
2: my attitude about shops is and why I value them is so fucking antiquated. Like my my first objection to that, like parade model would just be like, well, what about the whole point of a shop is you get to hang out there. But I that's mm-hmm. me th- not realizing that most shops make most of their profit from web sales anyway. Um, yep. But uh, no, I don't know.
1: I don't know anything about business. I'm just skeptical
0: of skimmers. That's my take. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh miserable loser asks are you planning to do merch i'll answer that really quickly yes we are we're going to try and design some with warful who does all of our artwork. he's great follow him on instagram
3: we love warful
0: yeah we love him he came to pushing borders uh nothing but great things to say about that man at at swag first asks have you ever hit a plateau in skateboarding progression and what helped you push past it
2: going downhill (laughs)
0: Yeah, I think we're all I think we're all past peak. No. Is that?
3: I like flat ground, so plateaus <laughs> don't feel weird yeah. to me. I don't I'm into uh, it.
0: I've thought about this a lot lately, uh especially after you y'all talked about this on the last episode, but I don't even though I feel like I'm at like the twilight of my career, I don't think that I've like plateaued skill-wise. I just feel like I have a ton of off days and skateboarding is like a little more difficult for me, but I do think that like I don't know, like you probably don't plateau until like you're in your mid 30s or something if you, I don't know, physically at least it seems like that. And I don't think the that's true of you, Ted Schmitz. Um, I can't speak for Kristen, but Ted Schmitz seems to be getting better at skating. And yeah, I don't know. When you're younger, you just don't have, you don't have off days and you can just like eat whatever and sleep whenever and just skate all day and you are really good. But I don't know for me now it's like I go on trips and I like I'll have like an off like week or two but I do feel <laughs> I have like an off I can, trip yeah. <laughs> sorry sorry guys I had an off trip but I, I do feel like if you can you just have to like go out on the days that you're feeling good
2: I also think that once you do like that inevitable plateau of skill level and ability will happen um you just have to redefine what plateau means and what like y- your enjoyment from skateboarding means, because, you know, I, I've, I've seen a steady decline in my my skill set, but I wouldn't say that, like, my, like, enthusiasm or energy for skateboarding has plateaued, plateaued. you know, like, yeah. it's more fun to do worse shit. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> and it, as Kristen said earlier, it's like, you just have to set new expectations. Like, I don't think that it's reasonable to, like, try and maintain your entire catalog of tricks. You just have to be like ah fuck i can't frontside flip anymore but you know <laughs> ted barrow taught me how to back tail on a quarter pipe yeah ago, and that, that was, was the sick. first one that i've ever done in my life oh that's fucking amazing yeah. oh, that seriously
1: was, that was you fine. couldn't ask me for like fucking.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: yeah i just went to the park last night sore is all fucking hell and i was like you know what we're gonna take it easy like i'm gonna switch flip up a curb like i'm gonna i have a really kind of funky switch flip like one out of 15 is pretty good the other ones are funky as hell it's just like you know tonight's just going to be like a switch flip like when I was 14 kind of day like just try to figure out the movement of the switch flip and and that just makes it fun you know it's a small hurdle like Kristen said but um those those small little just like Dedicated sessions make, make it all worth it. And then, you know, your friends sitting up against the ledge are really what you're there for, Are really what I'm there for and to make them laugh and, and to do all that, you know Just the hanging out is the most important part And so whatever gets you to the spot where the other people are is is what will get you through that and maybe you don't progress skill-wise But you maintain the connection the friendships the social aspect of skating
3: Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's important to look at like a zoomed out picture because like Ryan said like you're gonna have a lot of like off days or whatever that'll make you feel like you suck and you're like somehow getting worse at skateboarding (laughs) but I if I look back like how many days I go to the skate park and try to kickflip before I like figured it out and if I only looked at the day where I was like really struggling like you're basically what I'm trying to say is like no matter what if you're skating you're learning something figuring something out figuring out how to do something better like um like I'm pretty sure I've been able to kickflip for like I don't know, 16 or 17 years now, and I still, like, I'm like, hmm, I guess what would happen if I put my foot a little bit more on the board? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I don't know. It's like, you can always <laughs> play around with it. So that's my first point, is, like, you're pretty much always learning, and, like, you might as well have fun with that. Like, what the fuck is life if, like, skateboarding yeah. is, like, you know... I mean, Ryan, you're a little bit different because it's your fucking job, but for the rest of us, uh, yeah. I feel like, you know, it's like, don't stress out about it. Like, you are the... You're in control you're your own boss so yeah. don't don't yeah. don't set up a system where you'll fail like i see kids show up at the park and like not be able to do the thing first try and they'll like have a little fit or you can just see the yeah. attitude on their face so i'm like what are you doing like you've already set up a system where if you don't land this first try you're gonna have the worst day of your life yeah, yeah. like take your time have fun um set your set your bars appropriately and and have fun with that. Um, the second thing I wanted to say is that like skateboarding is nonlinear. Yep. So like, yeah. that's one thing, I don't know, especially for people that haven't skated for a long time. Like you definitely figure that out after a couple of years, but if you're newer at skateboarding, like my thing, I always tell people is it's nonlinear. If you cannot figure out how to kickflip, that scares the shit out of you. Guess what? There's about a th- million tricks you can learn that are not the kickflip. And like, you do not mm-hmm. have to start there. And simply by going outside of like what that supposed like linear progression is right like 50 50 you're gonna 5-0 then you're gonna nose grind then you're gonna smith grind like whatever that progression is that you have in your head where you want to go like think of it more as like a web and Mm -hmm. like just simply by going outside of that linear progression you're gonna figure something out and it's gonna be a lot easier to unlock what's next so like I was been just thinking about that lately and not thinking about plateauing and how I can't like varial flip down a double set anymore but like I can do all these other tricks that I couldn't do you know 15 years ago so
2: that's so that's such a nice way to put it like a web um I think of it like I not even like if we're gonna get you know geologic with it like don't think of it like a plateau think of it like a river you know like you're (laughs) you're like what's that saying like one never puts their foot in the same river twice it's a it's a different river each time, and it's a different person putting their foot into it. You know, like mm. it's a like d-
0: different back tail each time, brother. It truly really, it is. <laughs> I, like, and there's a you know when you when you're you
2: young and improving, there's the tendency to think like, okay, I have to build on this. I have to build on this. I'm doing the same back tail. Let's yeah. make it. Let's make it longer. Let's make it bigger. But after a while, you're just like, no, I'm totally different yesterday. I, I you know like than today. I this is going to be a different set of challenges and different set of thrills.
1: Like and the same with a lot of stuff. I mean, I don't. I don't want to close out each one of these. I'm sorry. <laughs> no,
0: I, I whatever. I, I have some I, things I want to say. I like to. I
3: like when you get in your turtle voice. Like <laughs> yeah. it's like you like get into your. like because <laughs> <laughs> <like>, uh, <laughs> Ted, your voice inflection goes from like <laughs> <laughs> to like. <laughs> Ted,
0: Ted's either a hedgehog or a turtle.
3: <laughs> yeah, hedgehog or turtle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ! I hate you guys. There we go. Uh, no, um,
1: I. I I usually do a new thing when I skate every time. Sometimes it's a it's a little thing that I would know that I could do, but a lot of times like I'm wearing one of my favorite shirts that I think I stole from Chris Millick in like 2010. Um but it's an Arizona, it just says Arizona on it. It's like a maybe a diamondbacks thing or something. But this shirt is like brings me such immense comfort, whatever. And and I think of my bag um, the, the staples of my bag as kind of putting on a comfort, like putting on a favorite shirt again, which is like, it's, it's just nice to sit into that groove. Sometimes you just go to the park and fuck it. You're not doing something new, but it's like, you're, you're doing the thing that like brings you contentment, comfort, you know, you, you know, it's there. Like exactly like kind of the, the Ted model, the daily operation, um, which is just, you know, what you know what it, it's going to feel like when you do the fakie slappy crook, but it's like. Fucking just get it, feel it, feel it the way that yeah. you know it feels. Play the hits, yeah. Play the hits. Mm-hmm. Like dig <clears throat> into the bag and just feel it. Yeah, because every feel-
2: what I noticed on the daily operations, every damn day it feels differently, and 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 it's either fun or disappointing in a different way.
0: Yeah, I feel like an underrated element of getting older as a skater is that, like I just being older need to exercise to feel like I'm a normal human being. And (laughs) yeah, so before when I would have like a, like I would try like a hard trick at the skate park or like go street skating and have like a shit day. I'm just like super bummed out. And now I'm like, well that was better than swimming. Yeah. yeah. I just tried a trick for an hour and a half and like did a shit done at cardio and I feel great now. And I'm like not super disappointed because it's like, well I'm outside. I'm with my friends. So I feel like, I don't know. it, It, it like helps, uh, when you when you're aging skating yes uh okay max doubler asks are you guys put off by the celebration valorization of concussions in slam sections
3: uh i'm personally terrified of tbis and i've had a bunch of concussions and i'm like really scared because i care like about skateboarding a lot but not so much that like if like i had to like pick like oh yeah like uh, Kristen, you'll, uh, be able to skate your best, but like at a certain point, you're going to get a concussion and have a TBI and never be able to, you know, think normally again, or quote unquote, whatever, like your brain will be different. Um, versus like, not like I would definitely pick, like, I don't know, like personally, like that just, it just terrifies me. Like I've, I have nightmares about it. Yeah. Damn. And it's weird because I'll go skating all the time without a helmet and I won't think about it when I'm skating because I'm like skate, skate, skate. I'm like so used to like just going out and skating. I feel totally comfortable on board, but I will definitely regularly have like nightmares or random thoughts about fucking my head up super bad or one of my friends. So it definitely like scares me a lot. It's like weird. I don't know if you guys have those thoughts at all, but Mm -hmm. maybe it's because I'm getting older and I like don't have my own kids to like worry about. So I'm like freaking out about myself. I don't (laughs) fucking know, but.
2: (laughs) Um, Is it ever actually valorized? Can we like look at, look at the slam section with a little more nuance? Like I don't like watching slam sections at all, but I'm pretty damn sure like they're not being like wholesale. It's not a wholesale celebration of people nearly dying. You know, it's, it's, it's something that's like visceral, that's watchable, that's like morbidly, um, Appealing to see, but it's not like we're not like, fuck yeah, that guy almost died. You know, most of the yeah. time we cringe. Yeah, true. And Lim- so, so let's like, you know, allow, allow the, yeah, I don't know.
0: That's- I like uh, slam sections from old videos, like if it's just like body, like meat hitting the floor. Uh, but I'm not into like bones breaking, ankles rolling. Uh, yeah. Definitely no necks or, or heads involved. That's not cool. Yeah. Um,
1: I think I'm, like most things, I'm of two minds. Um, the The question of valorization is is up for interpretation, I suppose. But Pedro Delfino, when he came out with that part, it did not fucking feel good to watch that. Um, no. But it is important to know what is at stake when he, when what is behind his skating, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, he's putting it all out there, and um, and I. And it's to show like, yo, this is not, this isn't, like he's not fucking joking around. Like he'll fucking die for this shit. And it's not to say, yo, kids, you should do this. It's to say, hey, maybe maybe you shouldn't do this. Um, I, you know, I don't know if the filmmakers have that in mind, but you know, I look at it, and that's what keeps me away from Giant Hubba's is watching that dude. Um, yeah. and then on top of that, um. A friend of mine, Britt Rattan in Portland is currently um, just moved from the ICU um, who uh, suffered some pretty bad head trauma uh, going downhill in Portland, um, had the, you know, the thing, the two sections of his skull removed. He's awake now. He's moving around, but he still is. He has to wear a helmet right now. He's still in the hospital. Um, it is an, just one of the worst fucking situations ever a friend of ours michael tubbs had that happen to him 15 uh, had that happened to him here in arizona 15 years ago and it's i would not want to see those falls knowing the outcome um but if it's um uh pro shit um maybe it's important to have those as reminders of what's at stake um but also, donate to Brits GoFundMe because it's... Uh, yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. That is a fucking... He is such a kind dude, and it is so sad.
0: A heavy question. Um, all right. Thinkertron2000 asks, where do you think the line is between acceptable street skating and being a destructive dick?
1: At the point where you're an asshole to somebody.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you... when you, Exactly. Like, skating, skating things natural obstacles is uh, what we do. Um, yeah. but, but like ruining someone's day or fucking fighting, fighting random non-skaters is uh, a dick move.
0: Maybe maybe they're thinking like, you, you know, like street skating is is a critique of private property in some instances. And maybe like what they're asking is how far is too far, you know? Like house spots off limits are skate city buildings or you know i don't know i
3: yeah i feel like uh any public piece of property schoolyard anything that should be legal to skate and i think um on a personal note like i think uh big buildings that get put in especially if it's like part of like gentrifying and when i say gentrifying i mean actually physically displacing communities um from a neighborhood, then I'm like, hell yeah, let's skate yeah. all over that. That's yeah. like one of, one of the only ways I feel like, like, I feel like skating in that sense, like whether or not it's intentional or not, or people think about it, is a like a radical act. It's political. If you're mm-hmm. skating like private property. Um, and like I touched on this like a little bit in the last like episode, just that it is frustrating that like our tax scholars go to paying like police that go and protect, private property that is displacing people from our community in reality that everything should be flip-flopped. Like those police should be defending, like if they actually work for our communities and our whole community, they should be defending the homes and the businesses and things like that. that are getting displaced by larger companies. So it's like, just seems like they got it all backwards. So I think skateboarding is one way that we can, um, I don't know, like express our, you know, distaste for for that displacement um, yeah, sure. and
0: i think the, the criminality of skateboarding is like it is like crucial and essential and i don't know y-
1: yeah and so long as you're not walking up to somebody's house you know and like fucking up the banister that they just painted you know that they saved up for you know they're a worker and you know if you're being respectful yeah. if you're skating their ditch and you're making a bunch of noise and they ask you to go just fucking go you know just be be mellow about it. Skate the corpo shit. Skate the parking lots. You know, fucking office complexes. You know, most most of it's on limits. Just, just the 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 home shit is where it gets you know kind yeah, of I funky. Guess it,
0: it kind of like follows the line of like punching up or punching down. Like, are you? Is it like a critique of private property that is gentrifying a neighborhood? Then yeah, skate it. And if it's like yeah. someone's home that doesn't look like you know like looks like they worked hard for it and is in a neighborhood that isn't displacing communities, like probably don't (laughs) skate it keep yeah Yeah. keep Keep working solidarity
1: at the forefront of your mind and your skating practice
0: (laughs) yeah
3: yeah one one thing i was this just reminded me um i was skating this pole jam that was outside this person's house it wasn't like their property it was literally Mm -hmm. a pole like went across their lawn just a little bit and Uh i was doing like a no comply pole jam on it and it was kind of tall so i was like kind of scared of like i don't know like getting that pull between my legs. So yeah, yeah. I was like not committing for like ever. And it was so funny this person, like it was kind of it was at night and this person like opens their window like all like loud. It's like this old house, like scooting the window up and they're like, hey, could you just landed already
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, And I was like, uh, All right, next try, I swear to God. They're like, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> oh,
2: that is
1: so encouraging and um, awesome. And put, um, and put
3: put your back foot favorite.
2: over your over your mounting hardware on your back truck. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um. yeah anyways so I landed it shortly after but that yeah is I definitely so feel like cool. if you're skating like I think there's a difference between like the Bank of America building downtown yep. like versus like someone's like home
4: Yep. Yeah. you know
3: obviously like use your best judgment and be respectful I've also seen in skate videos like if people like wall ride a wall like they'll come back and like paint it I don't remember what skate video that was I want to say it was like yeah. the gons or something but yeah. um, like yeah. there's little things that you can do to be, be respectful I think for the most part skating and being out in the city is like really positive but there's so much nuance there that like just don't be a dick yeah don't be a
1: dick if somebody says something to you where they voice you know (laughs) like in your case (laughs) uh but no if they're like hey man you know you're fucking wall riding my wall i'm trying to work in here it'd be like oh okay i won't wall ride the wall like you know.
3: yeah when we were in cuba it was sick we were skating this like drainage ditch thing and the workers were just like chilling for like a couple hours. And then we were like, are they trying to clean this? Like, what are they doing? <laughs> like, we just kept skating it. And then like, um, and then they finally came over and like, I, obviously I don't speak Spanish, but they communicated to like my friend Norma and was like, oh, we got to go. They got to fix the drain now. <laughs> so they like fully let us skate for like two hours and then like, you know, kicked us out so they could do their job. So I thought that was a rad way of sharing space and yeah, that's just cool. what happened uh, in Cuba. So interesting.
0: <laughs> rad um well hopefully everyone got through that uh yeah i don't know what else to say thank you all for for so many questions it means a lot that you give a shit to hear what we have to say um if you want to support us in our plight please go to patreon.com slash and subscribe uh it will enable us to continue doing the show on a more in a more timely manner and uh help get (laughs) ted schmidt some less valet jobs um so with that being don't said, don't pity me though. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't need your pity. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much. Good night. Thank Bye.
1: All. all right, that was just a catch-up episode. We'll have another episode out later this week with all the usual fun stuff we do with the intro and credits. Um, but I will just say the my usual shtick. There is intro music by Michael Krieger at blogafonte on Instagram and credits music by Alana Bryan. Alana, I-L-A-N-A dot B-R-Y-N-E on Instagram or naivetracks.bandcamp.com. That's tracks with an X. You can also hear the second batch of Ryan Lay's interviews from Pushing Borders later this week on her Patreon feed. That's patreon.com slash city. Sign up for either tier and you'll have access to that feed.